When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up 67 days until opening day we're happy to be here with you on a monday afternoon 120 cody del mendo ryan herrera luke stuckmeyer as we head into another week we're getting closer and closer to spring training ryan's packing his bags ready to hit the sunshine i'm sure and uh we've got a lot to we're talk all wearing about the today. same hoodie i just realized oh yeah there it is we're all wearing the same yeah, hoodie. Oh. well oh, it's yeah. a good one though <laughs> It is a good one. It's my favorite one. You can get that at all chgo.com, by the way. And if you're, yeah, and if you're um, a diehard, you get discounts on that. So make sure you get a – plus you get the card, you get discounts on all the tailgates, all the fun stuff mm-hmm. we're going to do <clears throat> coming up this season. Lots to talk about today because Trey Mancini introduced to the media. We're going to have some sound bites from him, talk about his deal. Uh, we have Bob Nightingale suggesting that the Cubs and Sox potentially do a little business this offseason, which I thought was funny. And uh, we say goodbye to a very big Cubs fan as well. So let's start with what our weekend was like. I know I, I saw Dabs was on here, the big Cowboys fan. Cody, how did how did your bets go? How, how did the football games go? I had no rooting interest in any of the four games. So I was kind of like. Uh, well, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, my king, uh, Riley Patterson, who hit the backdoor cover for the Jaguars on Saturday. <laughs> when I have kids one day, guys, I'm going to tell them about Riley Patterson's foot because, man, was Jags plus nine just a beautiful, 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 beautiful winner. Um, that was my favorite winner of the weekend. I did take the Bengals plus five and a half. Wish I had taken the money line because that was a blowout. Yeah. Um, well, Cody, I was actually uh, – Go ahead, Cody. Sir. I was fr- I was friends with Riley Patterson's wife in college, so I can I can let her know that you say thank you for the back. <laughs> please cover. please send her a text, and then you can send me the screenshots. <laughs> I, I I would love to see because I also have a friend. So he's an Edwardsville native, and I have a yeah. friend who works at the bank at one of the banks. I don't I don't know how many banks are in Edwardsville, Illinois, but he works at a bank in Edwardsville. He saw my tweet. He texted me. And he was like, "Cody, Riley Patterson uses our bank. I can tell you." <laughs> all the things that he spends his money on. And I was like, I'd love to know. So yeah, you could, I would love to know more about Riley Patterson because yeah. uh, he, he made my, he made my Saturday better oh, no. than better than I thought it was going to be. So um, yeah, other than that though, uh, Illinois broke my heart on Friday. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't want to talk about that because I don't, I, I can't, I'm still hurt. So, but other than that gambling weekend was okay. 
Nice. I see Shane's winning big since uh, December 1st. Hey, by the way, uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss any of these live. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're hearing this podcast later on regular download, make sure you subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want. And most importantly, after you subscribe, give us the thumbs up, the likes, the five-star reviews. We're we're looking for all those. Please, we appreciate it, you know? Ryan, what did you do all weekend? Anything fun? Um, well, I, uh, I mean, not not really, but I was like Cody. I was, I was betting. I was betting on the football games this weekend, and yeah. I sent Cody He's one. Me. Oh man, a heartbreaker! It was, it was a, it was a, a, a like a touchdown score parlay. It was, um, I think it was. It's a Kelsey stepped up game. same game parlay or whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever it is. Well, yeah, but it was like the one that yesterday was like, um, Dalton Schultz score a touchdown, Christian McCaffrey score a touchdown. Josh Allen to score a touchdown and Jamar Chase to score two touchdowns. And Jamar Chase is the only one that didn't hit and he had a touchdown overturned. He had a touchdown overturned. That would have been like, it was like $5 to win like 600 or something like that. I would have been rich. I would have been yeah. wealthy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I got my heart broken instead. So, um, yeah, I was like missing out on $600 when you use a free bet, man. <laughs> I, I feel you. <laughs> I was shocked by the, how easily the Bengals beat the Bills. Like, of all the games, I thought the Bengals would win because I thought the Bills are just a little too banged up this season. Although they were my preseason favorite, I didn't think at this point they were going to get to the Super Bowl. But I was surprised that basically the Bengals' offensive line just dominated them. It didn't even look like the two teams were that close, right? Of of all the games, that was the one I was like, wow, I didn't didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Joe Burrow, he's he's the guy I'm rooting for, He's. He, I've been riding and dying with the ship, the Bengals ship, all year. I've made yeah. so much money thanks to Joe Burrow. He's like thirteen and three against the spread whenever it's three when he's a three point underdog or more. Yeah, I think he's Blue Dev says like year and a half or something. Blue Dev said anyone but Mahomes, but I'm you know I'm pulling for my guy Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm pulling. I'm pulling for the Bengals and in the NFC. Uh, I don't, I don't really care. Eagles or 49ers. They're both good stories. The Eagles would be interesting and the 49ers to do it with their third string quarterback would be mm-hmm. sort of shocking. The Cowboys thing. I, I don't know. This reeks of, this reeks of Jerry Jones blowing that sucker up now. Right. And doing something crazy. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe the maybe Bears he trades all those picks, yeah, trade all maybe. those picks for the number one pick. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or he trades multiple players in a pick or something like I can just see him. He'll do something bold because Jerry won't march out the same team. I don't think next year. Um, <laughs> all right. Trey Mancini, right? We, we got our first look at him on a Zoom meeting today. Uh, Marquis carried it. Ryan was on the Zoom asking yep. question. Two years, 14 million bucks. I guess, Ryan, first of all, what, what was your first impression of Trey Mancini, the Cub? Um, I mean, it, first impression is he's a very well-spoken dude. Like, he – understands the game he's a veteran he understands the yeah. game and he understands i think one of the the big things that i you know appreciated him talking about is, is understanding his role on the team you know not putting too much like oversized expectations on what he's going to do he knows he needs to come in uh and be kind of a veteran presence uh he talked when he talked about you know not playing for team italy in the world baseball classic after mm-hmm. all you know because he's like i'm coming to a new team i got a bunch of new guys guys he said he'd never played with like no one on the team he's played with ever in his entire career. Like Michael Rucker was apparently on, he got, he got selected in the roll five draft by the Orioles was in spring spring ball 2020 with him for a few weeks and then was returned back to the Cubs, but that's it. 
Um, so he's not familiar with really anyone on the team. So he wanted to spend all of spring getting to know his teammates, getting to know the coaching staff, getting to know the organization and, and, you know, hit the ground running that way versus, you know, leaving for a few weeks to go, you know, I think, I think Italy might start in Taiwan or something like that. And then go to Japan if they win, like it's, they're not going to be near Mesa during that time. So just knowing that he understands his role as a veteran leader on the team, he talked about, you know, David Ross saying he's going to, you know, matchups are basically going to, where he plays on the, during you know each and every game is going to depend basically on matchups. Um, and he's, you know, he's like, I told him, I just like to play baseball wherever he wants me that wherever he wants me, I'm there. Uh, just stuff like that is kind of, you, he's, you know, no ego. You know, he understands his role on the team and is willing to play whatever the Cubs want him to do. Right. They, they, whatever role they want him on, he's willing to take that. So uh, it, it struck me as just another guy that, a great clubhouse culture guy the Cubs are bringing in on first impression. And, um, you know, we'll see how he really starts to mix with this group once, you know, he gets down to Arizona, spring training starts and all that. But um, just off the bat, he seems like a guy who's genuinely excited to be uh, in a Cubs uniform and ready to kind of take on that veteran leadership role for a bunch of the young guys that are still kind of, you know, finding their footing here in the big leagues. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. interesting. Oh, go ahead, Cody. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. No, that's um, all right. <laughs> I was just going to say that um, a lot of like what the chat's saying, um, he just seems like a good clubhouse presence. He's already set kind of setting that tone to be, you know, like one of those leaders, someone who's going to show the young guys how to go about playing the right way and all that jazz. Uh, you know, and I do find it interesting that he admitted that, you know, him and David Ross having a conversation about him playing basically anywhere that, you know, mm -hmm. like Ryan said, based off matchups. Um, so it'll be interesting, interesting to see how they how they how they started off to begin the year. Right. Because I, I, you know, we don't know how long Hosmer is going to last on this roster. If he plays well, he'll stay here. And if he doesn't, then he'll probably be cut, especially when Mervis comes up. So uh, as far as, you know, that aspect of, of Mancini and, and where he's going to play, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see defensively at least where he'll play I, I feel like he's gonna be doing a lot of DHing, uh at least to start the year um but you know we'll see but uh you know my impression of his you know the 20 minutes that uh Ryan and the rest of the Cubs media got to talk to him he seems like someone who's excited to be here he's, he openly said that you know the Cubs were a location that he had been interested in all offseason um so yeah I mean it's exciting and, uh, you know, for two years at 14 million, uh, I'm not going to complain about it ever. And uh, just hope that he his mark is is, is shown on this team uh, sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for two two years and 14 million, really, what can go wrong? How 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 bad could things really go? Yeah. It's it's a very low risk, uh, fairly high reward side to it, especially if he's like the comeback player year of the year that he was in 2021. The graphic we just showed on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast later, kind of outlines how much he's played at each position. More than 200, mostly he's been at first base, 237 mm -hmm. games, but he's played over 200 at first base, over 200 in left field. DH is almost 200, and then right field's less than 191. So, you know, you look at that graphic and you say, well, he's more comfortable in left. He's not going to play center. So he's a guy that would spell. Ian Happen left, he would DH, or he's going to be alternating with Mervis or 
he'll be with Hosmer at, at first, or he'll be the DH. So it looks like it'll be a lot less filling in for say a Suzuki in right field. I'm okay with that. I, I love the versatility. I know we've had the conversation before, like when you have a guy that can do four or five different things, does that just mean he's not good enough to play one position? I don't know if that's the case in this situation. I just feel like you acquired him for the bat more than anything. And he's just giving you the flexibility to play several positions instead of like, he's not good enough to play first, or he's not good enough to be your left fielder. Um, You know, and by the way, as much as we may not want to accept it, um, how he plays in left field and whether or not he hits for power could have an impact on whether or not Ian Happ is here for another year or, or beyond this. I, I kind of doubt it, but like, I think it's a backup plan if they do end up trading at the deadline and they end up not extending Ian Happ, that they have somebody that has played a lot of left field. Left field's a pretty easy spot to find somebody, but uh, it's interesting that that's the second place that he's played the most of his time at. You know, I, I don't know if I should read anything into the tea leaves there or not, but um, number two on the list, 204 games, is left field. I just think he's a – Again, you acquired him for the bat, not for the fielding, and you can put him in those other positions. One thing that struck me, though, also was when you're talking about the leadership that he has won a World Series. Now, he wasn't great for the Astros, but think of the guys that they have now acquired. They got a lot. They have a lot of World Series. Of course, we know they have Kyle Hendricks. Last guy to play on the World Series team for the Cubs is Kyle Hendricks. But they also acquired, so he won in 2016. You have Bellinger, who's won with the Dodgers. You have Mancini, who's won with the Astros. Uh, You have Hosmer, who won it with the Royals. Mm -hmm. And you have Swanson, who won it with the Braves. So not only have they added guys that are good in the clubhouse, they've added guys who have proven they can win at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with you when it comes to Mancini and where where he's going to be playing and stuff. I mean – in the whole thing with like Hap and the extension, I mean, they could trade Hap if Brennan Davis comes up and plays well. You know what That's I mean? Right. Like they have a lot of outfield depth uh, coming up, so I think that's more of a reason that they wouldn't do it more so than Mancini being able to take that guy's spot. So, um, yeah, I think again, I think we'll see him a lot more as a DH or at first base more often mm-hmm. than not, but. Um, on days that, you know, they want to give Hap a rest, uh, you know, he can play left field, which, you know, it's, it's service, he's serviceable. He's done it before. And as we've seen, like, it's not super hard to play left field at Wrigley. And Kyle Schwarber did it for a long time, and he improved at it as he got older, you know. So, uh, yeah, no, I, again, I, I don't think that's much of a, a thing. It's not like when the Cubs signed Jan Gomes and everyone thought Contreras is on his way out. So, um, yeah. No, no, yeah, I, I agree with that. By the way, Galvin pointed out that Jan Gomes national. So there's a, there's another veteran guy who's willing to do whatever uh, that's won a World Series and has been in that position. So we have sound from uh, Mancini talking about why he chose the Cubs because remember this decision came after they'd already signed Eric Hosmer. So this was – uh, Trey Mancini talking about his decision to sign with the Cubs. 
Yeah, the, the Cubs were a team the whole time that we thought would be a great fit for me. Um, you know, I have a lot of Midwest roots um, and, and went to college nearby. And, um, you know, in the team, too, it's, it just seemed like a great fit, a team, um, you know, where I could move around in, in the different positions I played in my career, whether it be first, outfield, DH. Um, you know, I'm always always down for any of them, um, you know, good to play wherever they want me. So, um, you know, I thought the team team would be a great fit. And with the moves that that they, that we've made this offseason, um, you know, it's a really exciting team to play for moving forward. So, you know, I mean, he, he said he wasn't deterred by the whole Hosmer thing. It sounds like it's a pretty good fit. He's a guy that we always said was a good fit. It's just when the Hosmer thing happened, I think most people kind of wrote it off and thought, well, they have their veteran guy who can play mm -hmm. some first base and DH. Right. But now they have two of those guys. And like you said, the Hosmer thing is such a small investment that it, it's easy to carry those two guys. It was just a, literally a matter of space on the roster of whether or not you wanted to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, like, and, and that's what I was saying earlier about, uh, you know, the question was asked to him, like, you know, kind of how did the, the Cubs, I guess, pursuit of him still like, how did that go even after the Hosmer deal? Cause at that point, like you said, Luke, it felt like, Oh, they got their first base in their DH. Uh, and then, Oh no, but then it comes out, the Cubs are still interested in Mancini and then obviously sign him. Uh, I think the big, that, that all goes back to just him, being willing to move around the field and, and how, you know, a guy that you know, he's only 30 years old, he's still kind of, you know, relatively prime, um, you know, still trying to, you know, kind of, I, he kind of said he, he's still even to this day kind of working his way back from, um, you know, missing that whole year battling uh, colon cancer. I mean, he's still, um, it comes off a world series and signs with a team that's still kind of rebuilding at this point. Um, but just to bring in that presence of, I'm going to do what this team asked me to do. Uh, I'm going to be that veteran presence for guys in the locker room. I'm going to split time with Eric Hosmer right now, however it's needed. If Matt Mervis is up, he do he'll do the same with him too. It's just like that's just another example of how you know the clubhouse presence, the the will to just kind of do whatever this team needs to win. And you know it's it's like guys like Nico, guys like Keegan, like all those guys talk about doing whatever. You know, obviously wanting to start, start at a certain position and do that, right? That's, I'm sure Nico wanted to be a shortstop again. I'm sure Keegan Thompson wants to be a starter. I'm sure uh, Trey Mancini would like to be starting, you know, every day at one single position, whether that's first base or wherever. Um, but the the ability to kind of put your ego aside and say, I'm just going to do whatever my team tells me because that's, you know, I want to win and that's what's going to help us win. Um, I think that's just another prime example of why, Trey Mancini will fit with this clubhouse and this culture so well. Yeah. I mean, he seems, he does seem like a good fit. And I know Ryan, you asked him about, um, you know, kind of the plan. If the Cubs had laid out a plan for he's, he's a guy coming from a team that just won the world series. And, and, you know, while he didn't play well in that postseason until the very end, he did point out that he was able to contribute at the end. And, and this was his answer, uh, we may have Ryan's question on there too. Let, let's take a listen. Coming from them, a team just won the World Series and is in contention, contention every year uh, to a team like the Cubs that's kind of in a transition phase. Did you, or what was the plan, I guess, laid out for you uh, by Jed and the group as far as like how the Cubs can sort of get back to that level that, you know, the Astros are at right now? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that a plan was necessarily laid out, but I think with the signings that were made this offseason, that, that speaks volumes, um, you know, that, um, you know, I, I 
have never played with any of the other guys that were signed by the Cubs this offseason, but I've played against them, have such a high respect for, for all of them. You know, I've gotten, I've been lucky enough to, to play against them all um, and, and thrilled to be on their team now. So, um, you know, I think that's a huge, a huge step and a huge message that, um, you know, maybe this won't be a long process, you know, and, and I think we can get things turned around really quickly. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this, I believe, when we were even considering signing him, that the Cubs were considering signing him, was, you know, the fact you mentioned it, Ryan, like he's been through colon cancer. He was the comeback player of the year. Um, but another way that veteran players can lead is obviously through experience. So he's been on different teams. He, you know, he wasn't a high draft pick. He was an eighth round draft pick out of Notre Dame. So he, he wasn't like he wasn't a top three pick in the in the draft or something where everybody expected big things out of him. He found his way to the major leagues. He got cancer. And, you know, now he's he admitted that he reached out to Liam Hendricks of the White Sox to offer his advice there. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's a guy showing you that if, if he's willing to help another guy just on a human level on another team, certainly he's going to be sort of an open book for the, the young players coming up who certainly let's say it's Matt Mervis. Let's say Mervis comes up a month into the season and he does well. And then he struggles, you know, maybe he hits, he hits a, a stretch like Morrell did, or he can have the yeah. same conversation with Morrell, but like he can tell them about overcoming things, not just overcoming things on mm -hmm. the baseball field, but having to overcome like fighting for your life. So I, I think he has a lot to offer to this team. I, I think he could really be, a, a nice fit and a nice piece as long as the bat plays. And, and really he was good last season other than when he got to the Astros, right? It was, it was really his time in Houston. That wasn't as good. He was good with the Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely reason for optimism on him bouncing back into, you know, what we saw from the Orioles at least, um, and, and, you know, I talk about this all the time, you know, the AL East is, you know, pitching and everything is just a little bit better than in the NL Central. Maybe that benefits him, you know, in, in year yeah. one with the Cubs. Yeah, they don't know him as well. I mean, like, it's a little bit different, the whole uh, with with interleague play now and, and the, the way the schedule is going to be this year will be totally different, too. I think he said the only – what was the only ballpark he said he had? Oh, San Francisco the Giants. The only ballpark? He hasn't played Giants in, and right? Dodgers. Yeah, Giants and Dodgers. He said that. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't like that. And then speaking of ballparks, uh, he was asked by Tony and Drackey about Wrigley Field. And mm -hmm. this was my favorite part of the press conference. <laughs> the former cub that he brings up talking about Wrigley Field really takes you back to A, how young this guy is, and B, uh, a fun moment in Cubs history. So yeah, this is uh, that question. Incredible. Uh, my first time at Wrigley was the summer of 2004, I believe. Um, one of my best friends from growing up was a diehard Cubs fan, and we went up to a couple games that summer. Um, I remember wearing a Matt Clement goatee to one of the games. They gave it to everybody in the stadium back then. So I have a picture of me with that the big goatee on my chin. Um, and you know the place was magical and and i remember that um as a kid there it, it's hard to replicate that feeling like when i was in the al i'd always say fenway has a certain feel about it and i'd say the same thing about wrigley i finally was able to get to play there this past june i believe was when it was um just incredible i mean what what a great place and and i'm so excited that it's my home park now 
<laughs> so yes, that's, Wrigley is still a draw. How good is that, huh? Yeah. Matt, Matt Clement. Clement. That's like uh, 20 years ago type yeah. <laughs> type stuff, right? <laughs> Matt Clement, he was he was a favorite, man. Like that guy, that guy shoved in the few years he was here too. Like Yeah. Um, I got to feel like if CHGO were around in 2004, we would have been the company handing out the goatees as people were going into the ballpark, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> I get that it feels like we were there before we were there, you know, and, and yeah. Wrigley is magical. I, Ryan, you said that Tony and Dracky tweeted out a photo of the picture. Well, there on, uh, on marquee. There's a, uh, they, 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 cause I guess they, they interviewed him on, on marquee and he, uh-huh. they had got, they had gotten the picture of him with the goatee. It's actually kind of funny. Um, I just saw bleacher nation uh, tweeted out a screenshot of it too. If you want to go on Twitter and look at that, but um, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. It, it, yeah. He looks Looks like a little, little young kid sitting in Wrigley Field. But yeah, there it is. Oh, wow. Here it is on YouTube. So we got it on our YouTube if you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> First of all, look how young he is. That's amazing. Yeah. That's Just, 2004. Yeah. Wow. 19. Yeah, going on 19 years now. So uh, what is he, he was 11 years old at that point ish, 10, 11. Holy so, yeah. Cow. That's Just another cool. reminder of how dirt old I am. Man, look at first of all, that. That goatee they gave out, especially on him, it looks like it's somebody just took a sharpie on the photo and drew it yeah, in. Literally, yeah, literally. seriously. <laughs> Mike, that Mike does that he remembers photo. that giveaway. Yeah. Let me tell you though, if you were there in 04, depending on what part of the season he was in, you know, you could see how he'd be having fun at Wrigley Field as an 11 year old kid. Yeah, for sure. Even if he wasn't a diehard Cubs fan at the time, so now he gets to. Uh, live that out you know and then and i'm sure he had a little taste of cubs baseball at least being in south bend with notre dame from 2011 to 2013 i'm not gonna say you know you hear a lot about it but it you're at least in the same vicinity that if the cubs are playing well or whatever you're, you're still getting a little bit of that vibe in south bend not like you're living in chicago but it's also not like being out on the east coast or out in california or something he's gonna feel it a little bit so yeah yeah. Pretty cool stuff. It's cool to have another like local type guy. I mean, they're easy to cheer for. You just hope that they perform, right? Like at the end of the day, that's what they're supposed to do. That's what the fans want them to do. But it's just like an added on, you know, thing if they are yeah. kind of like a local guy. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um yeah, I hope that that experience with him as a kid makes him feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, to start his Cubs tenure. Uh, at least there'll be some familiarity, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and having played at having played at Notre Dame, he's relatively close to Chicago. I mean, I don't know, he didn't say it, but I'm sure he made a trip up to Chicago at some point while he was there. And then, you know, he probably got probably got a lot of Cubs. There's probably a lot of Cubs fans that are also Notre Dame fans. I know there's that's a very big divide in the Chicago area. Like, you are either for the most part, you either really like Notre Dame or you really hate Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, but he probably has Ask some fans. <laughs> he probably has some fans that are that are also Cubs fans that'll be, you know, willing to welcome him with open arms to Chicago. He, he's he's also probably played a lot of games in the cold in college, right? Like he he knows what to expect when it comes for end of March, April, even May here. Like you're gonna get plenty of cold games. But you also get some sunny ones where you're going to want to have your shady rays on hand. You know, even if it's cold, you got to have the shady rays. You're supposed to get snow this week. Snow can be bright on the roads. You got to have the shady rays, yeah. the polarized, ready to roll. Well, we did Tony's get snow. 
we did get snow over the weekend. I was yeah, wasn't more is coming this week. A couple times this week, apparently. I wasn't happy about it, but we got it. Um, yeah, we did. But, you know, so the sun's out a little bit right now. If I was driving down, you know, the highway, getting out to to our offices at the CHGO headquarters, I'd put my Shady Rays on right now. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so Shady Rays set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You drop them in the lake, off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding them in my hand or wearing on my head seems just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. You get free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem that code CHGO for 50% off only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. I love Greg's going to sleep in the chat, says Cody looks like the macho man. Not the (laughs) macho man. Macho man. Step to a slim gym. All right, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. Started taking AG1 because I didn't have time, wanted better gut health, more energy, and an optimized immune system. Now I've been on it for two weeks, and I love it. Two weeks became two months. Two months became almost a year. And now we're, we're what, like 10 months, 11 months? Coming up, man. We're Another month, there, yeah. I mean, two we're, months. We're, we're almost two up months, to a year. Look at the transformation, yeah. folks. Look at the transformation. <laughs> I look five Stuck years younger. Stuck looks – Yes, he looks incredible. It's not uh it's all because it's of AG1. not bad tasting. It's instead it's got a mild tropical taste. I love it. I take it first thing in the morning. Here's what this stuff is. One scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging. All those things. I get that boost of energy, so I go empty stomach in the morning and giddy up. Lifestyle friendly too, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, or dairy-free, you're all good with AG1. Investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than three bucks a day and recommended by professional athletes, more than 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't need a million different pills to take care of your health. You don't need a bunch of supplements either. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgo cubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash chgo cubs to take ownership over your health to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Dubs Dubs has a new one. He says... Uh, Cody Del Macho. Um, you got to do the, the cream of the crop video, Luke. The cream of the crop. 
Queen Lady Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> Macho Man was a classic. Oh yeah. He's uh I believe he's in the Chicago Italian Sports Hall of Fame, which I think they moved it over to like about like 15 years ago. It's actually it's a pretty fun little museum to go around. It used to be out in Arlington Heights, right at the exit at Arlington Heights Road. It used to be like right there of 90 yeah. and Arlington Heights yeah. Road right at the corner. And they moved it like 15, it might even be 20 years ago now to downtown Chicago. Uh, Jerry Colangelo was a big part of it. Anyways, they have a macho man. They have like his outfit, the glasses, the whole thing there. Chicago guy. Anyways, uh, did you guys see that Mark Leiter Jr. uh, said thanks, but no thanks? I, I, did I see thought that. he might just come back and, and take his outright assignment to AAA, but he's decided to go uh, free agency route instead. I'm surprised by it, basically, because from the outside looking in, like it's become very known around the league that the Cubs are really, you know, really helping relievers become better i mean they've helped so many guys who no one ever heard of get paid like ryan tapera andrew chafin uh chris martin you know, got paid chris That's martin got idea. paid you know like uh david robertson right 10 million from whoever the hell he went to the mets Dude, which mets that's steve them. cohen but whatever either way like they've helped guys get paid in fact that you know maybe it's just the fact that He's going to AAA, and maybe he feels like he's going to be fighting for a major league spot, and maybe he feels like he deserves a major league spot, which, you know, I thought out of the bullpen he was good. Um, kind of hoping that he doesn't find a better spot and maybe comes back to the Cubs somehow, some way anyway, but hey, whatever. Uh, what was your favorite part of all the Mark Leiter Jr. slander in the chat over the last 10 months, guys? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, see, I, I disagree. I'm, I'm not – well, like – you know, I was surprised when they DFA'd him. I'm not surprised that he elected free agency. Um, I think he's not going to be your, like, high price lockdown reliever, but he carved out a nice little role for himself on the Cubs um, as a guy that can come in and, you know, specific matchups. I mean, he has some good stuff. Uh, he's not overpowering or anything, but um, he can get he can get guys out. He was a lot better in the bullpen for the Cubs than he was as a starter. Like, that's very, very clear uh, stats-wise, eye test-wise. Um, he did a lot better in the bullpen, so um, it didn't surprise me to see him elect free agency because um, the, the performance he, he put on last year should get him a, a major league look, uh, no matter who it is. And at this point, with the Cubs DFAing him and, and you know, kind of reshaping the bullpen, having all these guys that could go that could potentially be you know multi-inning guys out of the bullpen, and, and they're still in the reliever market and free agency. Um, it just, it didn't seem it, it would it was gonna have to take like injuries and stuff uh, for him to get called back up to the Cubs. And at this point in his career, he's yeah he's looking for a, a place that's gonna give him a shot in the major leagues. And he's he's been I I think he enjoyed his time in in Chicago. He you know the the pitching infrastructure certainly helped, uh, but he's looking for a major league spot. And the Cubs just wasn't gonna be the the organization that was gonna give him that you know off the bat this season. See what if, if what Ryan is saying is correct, and I agree with him, that that's probably why he 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 thought he'd have a better opportunity somewhere else as opposed to just being bitter about the Cubs. Um, if what Ryan is saying is correct, that really shows you something about the way the pitching is developing mm-hmm. 
in this system, right? Like that a guy like Mark Leiter says, if I want to get to the majors, if I want to get my opportunity, if I want to get back to the big leagues, I've got to go to another team that doesn't have this depth at pitching, right? So yeah. it's it's a sign of a guy that was here telling us indirectly good things are coming. In fact, good things that are ahead of me, you know, like guys that are ahead of me in the pecking order are coming and there's more behind them and there's more behind them. It, it certainly isn't that he doesn't have confidence in himself. He's, it looks like he's just being realistic with himself and saying, dude, if you want to get back to the big leagues, you need to try and sign on with the Reds or somebody else, a team like the Cubs three years ago. But the Cubs aren't in the spot that they were three years ago. They've improved their pitching. They've improved their depth at all areas. But specifically, like Cody said, the bullpen. And they've been able to do it. And so he didn't see that opportunity. I think that is why he didn't come back. By the way, did you see Carter Hawkins saying, I didn't know this story, that Macho Man <laughs> played minor league ball for the Reds and Cardinals, taught himself to throw left-handed after messing up his right arm. His right shoulder. Now that's an athlete. That's yeah, an athlete. Uh, Carter the real Hawkins Carter here. Hawkins for sure. That's right. And great I, baseball mind in our YouTube chat right now. That's right. And I haven't <laughs> seen versatility like that and since I played Cody left-handed in ping pong the one time. And then now I went to right-handed. But he did beat me the last time. I will admit he did beat me. I saw it. I, I choked. I, I put four or five serves into the net. It was just a disaster. I mean, then Cody Cody beat me like twice in the NFL Blitz. Like he he just had the best week of his life uh, in the office. Uh, I don't know if he can carry it on. I guess we'll see what happens this week. But he he had himself a hell of a week in the office last week. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'd like I would like to credit all the AG one I have been taking uh, yeah. over the last um, you know few weeks. I also feel like I played very loose because I was uh, having lots of Goose Island. And, you yep. know, when you yep. play loose, you play well. Fish beer, and if you feel yep. good, you feel you feel good, you play good. And I felt pretty good. So yep. I would like to credit all of those things to my success at uh, the games that are in the CHGO office. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, Matthew Gregory's right. Cody Del Gut Health. Is his new name because yeah, you know that's a good one. since since January he's been putting God. that baseline morning AG one in his body you know to get the gut health right and then he gets he, he loosens up and when he starts to tighten up a little in the afternoon he's getting a little stiff then he throws a little you know Goose Island three one two down and it takes a little little bit of the edge off at work and he feels a little bit better and all of a sudden he's like. Um, Forced Gump on the ping pong table. It's just yeah. one after another. One after another. Anyways, Galvin. Um, Galvin also said that I watched that dude on TikTok on how to move correctly. And if you remember that video of the what? the dude who was talking about Correa and his like his like oh, movements yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I like tweeted the video out just to make myself feel better about the Cubs missing out on Correa, and then everyone took it as like i actually believed it or whatever and i i, I don't know i know nothing about like if your movements are right or not like for these players or whatever again right. i tweeted it because i thought it was funny and i thought that it made me feel better so i wanted to help other people feel better uh he this guy galvin sent me one that he did that the same guy did for dansby swanson over the weekend and this movements guy thinks what Dansby Swanson is doing is incredible. Like that, that he's bound to stay healthy for uh, a much longer time than Carlos Correa. So 
that also made me feel better about missing out on Correa. So, you know, sounds like it has jinx potential in that one. So, better like knock on wood. Did you see Drew Smiley said he believes that the Cubs got the best shortstop? Now, I know it's his teammate, but he doesn't have to say that, right? Well, he's also a guy that's familiar. He's, I mean, he yeah. played with Dansby in 2021. You know, he was part of that World Series team, too. Um, so he's familiar with Dansby Swanson and, and what he brings in that clubhouse on the field. You know, the improvements he's made over the last few seasons. So, um, I, I mean, yeah, like you said, like he, that's his teammate. He's, he's going to hype him up, uh, of course. But it's also like it's not it's not like taking it with a grain of salt because he is someone that has seen Dansby Swanson play in the past and seen what he brings to a team in the past. So um, a little more stock into what drew smiley says just having been a part of a clubhouse with dansby swanson as you know at, at a time when he's coming into his own as a player too uh also we want to bring up the fact that uh cody's mentor bob nightingale this week and uh put My something mentor. out on twitter that had people a little buzz going you know speaking of buzzes uh bob nightingale mentions that you know Nick Madrigal still might have it, and the White Sox need a second baseman, and they might be able to get him back from the Cubs. It's as if Bob were listening to this podcast of all the times that I've said, White Sox, I've got some moves for you. How about he didn't he we're just ahead said of the Madrigal. game? I, I'm the one that says, listen, we need to get Rick Hahn on the phone, not to give away Nick Madrigal. But Madrigal and Wisdom for Moncada is a deal I'd at least listen to because, and I saw somebody on the South side actually accepting this on Twitter because they said, listen, if our third baseman's going to hit 200, he might as well hit 30 home runs for us. It's exactly right. I'm giving you your third base replacement and I'm giving you your second baseman. In fact, you might have to throw in uh, Crochet. <laughs> you might have to throw Moncada and Crochet in the mix. And the yeah. Cubs could take back – Cubs would send Wisdom and Madrigal, and they would get back Crochet and Moncada. Sounds like a deal nobody can resist. <laughs> you know what's funny about this, like the discourse about this, oh, this, 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 like, this trade talk over the last 24 hours and my mentions on Twitter and, and even on TikTok is that both Cubs and White Sox fans are both saying – no, this guy stinks. This guy's a bum. All of them. Like, they're, like no one is like. There's, and it's there's not no fair. like. Yeah, it's a, it's not fair. Like it's it's, it's, it's just like butting heads. Like you're not getting anything out of it. it. To me, like I'm with you, Luke. Like I think magical and wisdom from Mankata is a is a very fair trade when you look at when you look at the money and stuff. Like Mankata was awful last year. Like he, he was just bad. And but he has, Matt, but he has still has the high upside, right? Like he Gary does have high upside because no, I just think they're in a position to take that role of the dice at third base because you could always put Morrell there if he totally fails three right. quarters of the season, right? And so you you got to remember that Magical just has no value whatsoever. So if you can get a guy with that kind of upside, I feel like that's 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 awesome. Like you you run with that and wisdom, like. We talked about – I've talked about with Sean and Herb this so much about how the White Sox – like they, their leading home run hitter last year was That's Andrew right. Vaughn with like 17. They could have had like wisdom. Patrick, Patrick Wisdom did, did more than that, well more than that. So like, Part-time. Part-time and, he did. And he's cheap. So you're getting you're giving him 
a guy, yeah, he strikes out a lot, whatever. But that's what like all power hitters do. You're you're given you're giving them that potential, not even potential. He's done the last two years, twenty plus homers the last two years, and you're giving Madrigal a guy who's familiar with your with your team, your organization to begin with, and a guy who can play second base. And, he's, and we can sit here and talk about Madrigal and his all the bad with him or whatever all you want, but he's still better than what the White Sox got at second base right now. And then Mankata, like again, it is a big like in a way it is kind of a risk because yeah, he was bad last year. And even though he was a four war player in 2021, his power significantly dropped compared to like his best year in 2019. So yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some, you know, give and take there, but I, I, I realistically don't think that that trade would actually be something no. discussed. I think that no, it I don't either. I'm joking. I'm joking half the time. Like I'm not, do I think that Rick Hahn's going to take that deal? Doug is on here on the chat. No, saying, Luke, he's definitely why not. not just, why not just trade those two guys for Trout and Otani? Same likelihood. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying the thought process. Okay. It actually isn't like the most mind blowingly no. like awful trade idea. I think if that were to actually happen, the Cubs would probably have to send another piece uh, because yes, wisdom's not, like I'm, 30, 31, whatever. But listen, all I'm saying is, as opposed to there's there's no Angels fan that is saying, yes, I'd like Madrigal and Wisdom for Otani and Trout. I know there are White Sox fans that are actually accepting this trade offer. Like, I've talked to them. I've spoken to them in person. White Sox fans are like, I'll do it. I've seen them on Twitter (laughs) saying, like, you know what? Not a bad deal. I think we should do it. So it's not... (laughs) Do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I, do I think there's any chance? You know, 0.00001. But <laughs> it's not as crazy as Otani oh. and Trout. Like, come on. Man. I think I that it's more likely – if the if the White Sox and Cubs talk trade for Magical, I think it's more likely the Cubs probably get, like, a reliever that's probably in, like, AAA that's, like, has high upside, something like that. Because, like, you're just – there's not a lot of value with magical, but that's, I also think at the same time though, if, if the Cubs and White Sox are going to talk trade, this is the perfect time to buy low on someone on their core. That's underperformed. That's right. So if it, if we're not talking about magical, what, I don't, I don't know who else you, who else they'd be interested in, but I'm just saying like, I don't think it's such a bad idea to try and trade for someone like Yoan Mankata. Like, yeah, he hasn't been good, but we've seen him be good. He was a top prospect and, the Red Sox organization that was part of the Chris sale trade, like clearly is, was, was good at one time. What happened? Like you got to figure out what happened and then, you know, fix it. And he's young. It's not like he's 35. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is why I refrain from, this is, this is why I refrain from speculating on trades. I have no idea what the Sox are interested in and what they'd be want and what they'd be willing to give up for a guy like magical. It's just, it's, it's a lot of speculation that I honestly just don't care to get into. Um, but I mean, what Cody said is, if you wanted to go after a guy like Mankata, that wouldn't be a bad thing because he has had success at the big league level, as bad as he was last year. Like, that is a position of need. He's a guy that's had some success. Like, that wouldn't be a a, a bad route to try to go if, out. I just, if, it, it he just, was a five war guy just, a couple well, years ago. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's just, it's just not to, to yes, okay. If the Cubs were the Cubs should have interest in a guy like that, but I I don't know what the white what it would take for the white Sox to give up on him I, it definitely wouldn't be a mancata for magical straight up trade no. um and you don't no. know you have no one has any idea what else it would take to get a guy like mancata from for if, if you're including yeah. magical in that deal so yeah i don't it 
just <laughs> throwing out crazy trade scenarios. The, it doesn't yeah, do that's, for me. But that's, that's why like, Moncada is worse than Milton guys. Bradley. Are you kidding me, Barbara? Come on, come man. on. Bar- come Barbara on. really took a shot at, at Yikes. Moncada in the chat. I'm not even going to repeat it. But so, uh, Matthew Gregory says Cody Del Trado is coming up with these deals. No, God, <laughs> like Barbara. I threw out the crazy trade. I'm I'm not yeah. saying it's even. I'll leave that for you guys. That's right. Ryan leaves it for us, and he just has to sit and listen to it sometimes because he knows who he's sitting with. He's sitting with crazy people, but that's all right. We'll be the crazy people. We're here. If we're going to get ourselves up for Cody Bellinger, a guy who hit like 160 last season, then don't tell me that Yomankata is a bad baseball player. Like, come on. Well, he's (laughs) he's falling on tough times. By the way, not to turn this into a Sox podcast, but just today, this afternoon, Eloy said, Mm-mm. DH, no way. I plan on playing the outfield wow. way more than DH. And he said he's not going to accept just being a DH. So if they were going to okay. tr- make that trade at some point this year, good luck. Any less likely. They want to send him back. I'd take him. Cease, Cease was the key. <laughs> the DH. The, the, the DH him. Like, he doesn't want to force DH. him. Force him. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. Force him. I don't want him unless you force him to play DH, man. Like, I listen, the guy, the guy can hit. When the guy's healthy, he can hit and he makes me hate that trade even more. I mean, that used to be the thing that everyone talked about with that trade was that, oh, Elo is going to hit 40 home runs a year for the White Sox for the next No, he won't because he won't be able to stay healthy if he plays in the field. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like now it's, now it's completely switched where everyone's talking about how Cease is a Cy Young candidate every single year. And it's like, all right, well. When are you going to get both of them to be good at the same time? Like, it's, it's wild to me. I feel like the organization has to, like, they have to sit him down and be like, hey, man, like, we, we need you to do this. Like, we need you on the field. Yeah. So. Barbara's firing the zingers <laughs> out there today. Eloy makes Schwarber look like Roberto Clemente in the outfield. <laughs> Eloy's a nice Dubs player. magical for Eloy. He seems he seems like a really nice guy. Now that I would be willing to do just for the product home run production for sure. Uh yeah. bubble wrap wherever he Remember, plays. For the record, Cody is the one that suggested that trade, not me. Uh <laughs> comed facility before the craziness gets out of hand. The comed energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will include an estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. If you're ready to sign up for the facility assessment, call them. You can also call them at 1-855-433-2700. Again, 855-433-2700. During normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative, you can email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online at their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. Guys, we were talking about it earlier, you know, a little NFL to start the show because, you know, playoffs are happening. 
Yeah. Uh, so we got we got four NFL teams left. Two conference championship games. Two conference championship games. There you go. And, and only thank you. I can't talk sometimes. It's not good for a podcast. And only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, new customers can bet just five dollars to get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Not a new customer, you can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Uh, you know, for instance, I have already slammed the Bengals. I got the I took Bengals money line literally when I was laying in bed last night at plus 100. I woke up this morning, it's at minus 105. Money coming in on the Bengals. They're probably waiting. Some people might be waiting to hear about Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. So, you know, maybe you want to wait it out. Maybe that spread jumps up a little bit in the Chiefs' favor whenever it's, you know, said that Patrick Mahomes is definitely going to play. I think he's going to play anyway. That's why I already bet it. But that's just my two cents on that. Anyway, you can make that bet. You can bet on the the Eagles to cover the two and a half. Or the the Giants or not Giants the Four ers to cover the two and a half as well. Uh, it's exciting. I, I I can't wait. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can bet five dollars on the conference championships and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details in the podcast and YouTube description. That said, I'm taking Kansas money line tonight at Baylor. I get the Bulls money line too. They as far lost, as the football they? stuff goes, this last weekend for me was the best weekend you have for pro football, right? The, the second week, that first divisional round. Then then the, the AFC and NFC championship are probably – I like all of them better than the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl can be, is great if the game is good, but very rarely do you get all the games are bad on an entire weekend. The Super Bowl is great if you have a Super Bowl party. Like if you have friends around yeah. or a team in all – yeah, or team in it, which we're Bears fans, so you know. Yeah, uh, you know, if you have people around and like ten different dips, then you're gonna have yourself a day. So that's on that. And if you like the commercials, but I mainly get excited for the Super Bowl for so, the food, and that's really yeah. about it. <laughs> Did you see Mike Dubs is already thinking a month and two days until he can start betting on Cubs spring training baseball on DraftKings? So mm. that means Cubs. Cubs hit parlays are, are on its way back. Can't wait. I would think betting on spring training is tough just because you don't know how long guys are in a game, right? Like you, yeah, you have to wait. You're, I'll you're, be doing. you're <laughs> wagering on like prospects that are way down the list and you don't know which ones are coming in the game. I, that seems a little tricky to me, a little tricky to me. Um, you know, sad news over the weekend, by the way, as we get closer to the end of the show, uh, Lynn Bramer, Longtime XRT radio host, huge Cubs fan, passed away at 68. Um, he had been dealing with cancer. He'd been off the air. Then he came back for a little while. Um, I I didn't know Lynn personally. We exchanged stuff, you know, through Twitter back and forth. You'd see him at events. I didn't know him really well. But he's another one of those guys um, that nobody has a bad word to say about. You know, and if you meet anybody – that has met 
Lynn, they all say, great guy. All loved him. He he did this for me back in 2007. He did this for me in the year 2000. He did this for me in 98. Uh, a huge fan of music, obviously, in Chicago. I've read he was a big pizza guy. Uh, Jay Zawoski and Herb were saying that, that they had pizza with him recently. And I, I know he will be missed in not, not necessarily just Cubs Twitter, but as Cubs fans, seeing him at the ballpark. He was a diehard. Uh, the Cubs put out on their Twitter, they mourn the passing in a legendary radio personality. Lynn Bramer and uh, condolences to his family and friends. They put his name on the marquee. Uh, 68 years old, prostate cancer. That's way too young. So one, um, once again, make sure you're going to the doctor and getting your yearly physical and getting checked up on all those things. So as you guys know, I'm not like from here. So like, right. like I, I like knew who he was, but I, I never got to meet him. I didn't, I didn't listen to that radio station growing up or anything like that. He doesn't, yeah, I doesn't do. have an, he doesn't have an impact on me. Like a lot of Chicagoans do. Um, but I do know that he was a gigantic Cubs fan and uh, you know, just sucks uh, to see that happen to, to him. But, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers of his family and all that. But all I can say is that I hope one day, whenever my time has come, that I am so big uh, with Cubs fandom that they put my name on, on the damn marquee. If, if, right. if uh, you know, if that, if that day does in fact come. Yeah. Because that's a pretty big deal if when you pass, they're putting your name, like putting you yeah. know, the date and everything. Uh on the marquee. So you've um, made an impact. You made an impact. Yeah. You've on made an impact. Your name hits right. The I, that would, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here to, to see it obviously if that were to happen for me, but I think that's a pretty cool honor for him. Uh, just from, from my standpoint, not really, you know, knowing the guy or listening to the guy really growing up. Um, but yeah, he was an, he was an icon on the radio waves here in the city. So, uh, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. So it's good on the Cubs to do that. And, uh, you know, he clearly made a gigantic impact, uh, just uh, on Chicago, and so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I just, I, I didn't really know who he was myself growing up. Um, mm-hmm. like Cody knew he was a big Cubs fan, but wasn't just completely aware who, of who he was. But, um, you know, seeing the tribute and the outpouring of love support on Twitter, all the articles that were written about him, uh, you know, people talking about him on on the radio, on TV, it was just kind of opens your eyes of how how big of an impact he did have on the city and the people in the media or the people that are just Cubs fans or people that listen to him or any of that stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. And you can only hope that you, know, you kind of make that, you know, I only hope I can kind of make that positive of an impact on, on as many people as he appeared to have made an impact on, um, you know, in my life. And because to, I guess to do what he did and to, he, he had to do something right, you know, to, to get the kind of outpouring of, of love and support and passion and, and thoughts and prayers um, that he got. So, um, yeah, I mean, thoughts and prayers, rest in peace. Uh, I, I wish I, I wish I, I had known, had gotten a chance to meet him or I just had was more aware of who he was um, growing up, you know, that I, I wish I could have done that. You can't change the past though, but um, it was really awesome to see the, the articles and, and, and just everyone talking about him and, and, you know, on Twitter and all that. Cause um, that just kind of puts in perspective of how, much of an impact you can have on people without really even knowing it maybe is, is yeah the best way to say it like you just you, you be a good person you do the right things you treat people the right way um and when your time comes like you you see the you see the 
how much of an impact you have on people, even though, even if you didn't know it. Yeah. I mean, well, you see it like you guys knew his name was associated with Cubs baseball, even though mm-hmm. he never worked for the Cubs, never really yeah. covered the Cubs, but he was, he was uh, a part. He like, you know, he was an arm that came out on the Cubs. He, he was big on, he was so big to the live music scene for me growing up just in the area all the con- XRT concerts, they would bring local talent and they bring, whether it was the Smashing Pumpkins or the Freddie Jones band or whoever you might want to say back in the day, local bands trying to get on XRT. XRT was the place that was constantly pushing live music at concerts, right? And, and he was a big part of that. And then he would filter into the Cubs fan stuff and, you know, was absolutely a rabid Cubs fan. Uh, am I wrong about that, Kevin? Like, like diehard Cubs fan. And again, you, if you're mm-hmm. nice, like Ryan said, if you're nice to everybody, even the people who are too young to really have experienced what you did professionally, they may say something nice about you and you might end up on the marquee. Like, I know there's a huge loss for a lot of Cubs fans with Lynn Bramer. Yeah, certainly. I, I appreciate you guys letting me hop in real quick. Just as a radio guy and a guy who loves radio and has grew up in the radio industry and I'm now, you know, at WGN and everything, he um, I didn't know him personally, but we met a couple of times on the softball field. He was obviously the manager for Odyssey the last couple of years. And I have a lot of great friends over there um, on that team. And the dude just you would hear him yelling his pregame speeches, trying to get his team fired up. I mean, he just was so passionate about radio. He was so passionate about music and every story, like you guys had already touched, touched on. I mean, he was just a wonderful person. And um, radio is such a unique industry in which you get to really connect with people over an interesting, you know, part of their lives they're driving. It's a very intimate relationship and he really covered that. And he's a huge inspiration to me. And, um, you know, obviously just the passion he had for all of his friends and no matter what age uh, you were in this industry, somebody like me being really young and getting into it. Um, he was always supportive of all those guys. And I'm, I just want to send my my thoughts and prayers to all of his, all of our friends up the dial there. Um, we're thinking about you guys. I know it's a very hard loss. So thanks for letting me say that. I appreciate it, guys. Sure. Yep. Uh, so again, um, condolences. Oh, go ahead, Cody. I was just going to say that Jay Zawaski shared this on – he probably he might share this on Twitter too, but he shared it on his Facebook. Apparently, And I didn't realize this, but you, you guys know the show The Bear on FX? It's the mm-hmm. Chicago like TV series, the guy yeah. that's from Shameless. Is in Hulu, it. right? It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu too. Hulu. Um, uh, so I guess the opening scene of that show, it's it's him talking. like he, He's doing like the, the opening part of that show. I don't know the technical term for how I to explain that, but uh, anyway, Jay Zawoski shared that yesterday, and did uh, the guy? The guy he was so Chicago that it it was you know you could really tell how much of a how how he was beloved here if he got the opportunity to do that, and also just the impact he made on the radio. So, um, you, it's on YouTube. Go find it. It's yeah. I recommend it. Also, I'm going to check that out because I haven't watched that show yet, but he was so Chicago that they had to write him into a Chicago show, right? Like, yes, that's, exactly. That's how anonymous <laughs> his name was with Chicago and, yeah. and really at times with the Chicago Cubs. So uh, thoughts and prayers to his family and rest in peace, Lynn Bramer. Um, we have some exciting stuff still coming on the podcast. we got more interviews coming this week uh, from our sit downs at Cubs convention, 
Corey Friedman's going to try and join us in studio on Tuesday. So we will see you guys at 120. Thanks to everybody in the chat who joined us. Um, it was fun to hear from Trey Mancini, kind of knock around some ridiculous trade ideas that were thrown out in the public. Uh, we realize they're ridiculous and we accept that. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We'll see you on Tuesday to talk more Cubs right here. Fly the W.